his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. If you think you've had a fabulous dinner party, wait till you hear about the one that happened on April 29th, 1962. It's the subject of a new book called Dinner in Camelot. Joseph Esposito is the author. Welcome, Joseph. Good morning. Good morning, Sue. Great to be with you. And happy birthday to your book. Well, thank you. Today's the release date. And, and by the way, I should say that I'm a um, native of northeastern Pennsylvania. I grew up in Hazleton. Did you now? What, tell us a little bit about your upbringing then, because this is something I didn't know, but I'm fascinated. So uh, tell us about yourself. Well, I, I, one thing I can tell you was that uh, is that I uh, I met John Kennedy in Hazleton on October twenty eighth, nineteen sixty. He was campaigning uh, in uh, northeastern and southeastern Pennsylvania. Uh, he later spoke in Wilkesbury, and I had an opportunity to speak with him uh, in Hazleton. Got his autograph on the cover of a Saturday Evening Post with a drawing done of him by Norman Rockwell. And that sparked an interest, a uh, lifelong interest, really, in politics, history, and government. And I went on to serve in three presidential administrations. Oh, so good to have a, a native son back on our airwaves with us on WILK to talk about uh, your book. And I, I know when we have people over to the house, Joseph, sometimes we sweat it trying to pick out uh, who, who's good to come over, who gets along with who, and uh, maybe some uh, rabble-rousers. And on uh, April 29th, 1962... It was quite the assembly there at the White House for dinner, right? It was. Uh, 175 guests. It was the largest dinner of the, the Kennedy era, and uh, it was um, really an, uh, an unbelievable galaxy of, of geniuses, uh, 49 Nobel Prize winners. And even those people who weren't Nobel Prize winners were very distinguished in their, in their fields. Among those who weren't Nobel Prize winners were Robert Frost, William Styron, James Baldwin, Catherine Ann Porter, John Dos Passos. Ernest Hemingway's widow was there, sat next to President Kennedy, and the, the, the principal after-dinner um, literary presentation was an unpublished manuscript uh, written by, uh, by Hemingway, who had died the year before. Uh, there was there were some contentious relationships, but many of these people had known one another for years, had worked with them with one another. Several had worked on the on the uh, the Manhattan Project at Los Alamos. Uh, the preponderance of people were scientists, uh, but there were the literary people. There were two no two Nobel Peace Prize winners as well. But the, the list of uh, distinguished people just goes on and on. Robert Oppenheimer, Pearl Buck. Uh, Linus Pauling. And the Linus Pauling connection is really quite interesting because he had uh, won the, the Nobel Prize in 1954 and had become a, a, a significant uh, peace activist. And uh, he, was in, he was invited to the dinner because he, he had won the Nobel Prize, but uh, he was out picketing the White House that same day and the previous day as well. Uh, because he was unhappy that President Kennedy was getting nowhere on 
um, and, uh, on a uh, measure to uh, limit uh, nuclear testing. So he was picketing outside the White House and went over to uh, the Willard Hotel uh, across the street from the White House uh, to change into his tuxedo and went into dinner. And uh, in the receiving line, President uh, Kennedy said, uh, well, you've been around the White House a a few days already, haven't you? And then before he introduced uh, uh, Pauling to to Mrs. Kennedy, he said, uh, I hope that you will continue to express your opinions. And Pauling had a great time. Uh, He actually led uh, this spur-of-the-moment impromptu dancing in the hall. It's amazing to think, Joseph, that there wouldn't be some kind of trepidation about that with those who protected the president, knowing that somebody who expressed open dissent was being allowed in. Well, um, it was a different time, of yeah. course. And uh, I had the, uh, the opportunity to, to, uh, to, speak to, to speak to several people associated with the dinner, including Clint Hill, who was uh, Jackie Kennedy's uh, um, Secret Service uh, agent, and uh, he discussed the 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 the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the measures that they took, which were rather uh, rather uh, lax, certainly by today's standards. In fact, the writer James Baldwin, um, when he went uh, was going into the dinner, he was outside at the, the little the little guardhouse there at the southwest gate of the White House. And uh, he forgot his uh, his um, uh, his invitation, and he also forgot his wallet. So uh, the uh, the guard there said, is there any possibility you might have your name in your jacket? And Baldwin opens his jacket and says, James Baldwin. He said, well, that's fine. You can just go right in. These were different times indeed, for sure. They were. They were. What was the occasion that brought all these people together? What, what kind of uh, mailing did they get, or, or why were they invited? What, what, was, what was going on at the White House? Well, at the very outset of the Kennedy administration, it, it, it had been decided uh, that they wanted to make an overture to people in the arts and, and to the, the broader intellectual community. And uh, so at the at the inauguration in January 1961, uh, there was a large representation from people in the, um, uh, the, the, the literary community, the, the artistic community. And there were a number of dinners and, and presentations at the White House that preceded this dinner. Pablo Casals, for instance, the cellist, the great cellist, had performed earlier at the White House. And as an interesting a side story here, he had last performed for Theodore Roosevelt at the White House. So it, uh, 60 years later, he comes back and performs in the, during the Kennedy era. But it would, had been decided that um, uh, it was uh, a, a, a desirable uh, opportunity to invite the Nobel Prize winners. Primarily, uh, these people were scientists of uh, the overwhelming majority of the of these Nobel Prize winners were were scientists. There were Nobel Prize winners in peace and pro buck in literature, but they were they were scientists. And someone worked on the Manhattan Project, and and uh, John Glenn was there as well. Of course, he wasn't a Nobel Prize winner, but um, it was an overture to the scientific community and to really 
thank them for for their accomplishments. This was the the height of the Cold War, and also really the height of um, of, of uh, in in many ways of, of American scientific achievement. And it was a time when we had people from the Manhattan Project uh, and, and people who were like like John Glenn who were involved in the very early stages of the of the, uh, of the space race as well. Was there um, a special way that the seating was devised? I, I mean, I think about uh, <laughs> trying to do that under normal circumstances and try to get people together. Uh, did they try to uh, put an artist with a scientist, or what was what was the rhyme or reason to it? Well, it was very carefully calibrated, and uh, and the first lady Jackie Kennedy certainly had a role in that, and the uh, the, uh, the principal. A responsibility, though, was for was by uh, Tish Baldridge, who was the social secretary, and um, they had tables, round tables of ten, ten people each, and there were two rooms that were used. And there was the state dining room where the president uh, essentially presided, and he had the what would be considered perhaps the main table where the Robert Frost sat, and Mrs. George Marshall, and Mrs. Um, Ernest Hemingway sat, and, and, and several others. And then, because it was so large, they had to use another room, and so the blue room was was employed, and 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 uh, Mrs. Kennedy uh, was there, and uh, she had uh, it was a, it was in effect the head table for for that room, and John Glenn was there, and Pearl Buck, and Lester Pearson, who the following year became Prime Minister of Canada, was 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 seated there as well. So they had. Uh, they had a public address system, and when President Kennedy spoke, uh, people in both rooms could hear him. After the dinner, they had a uh, they had a bit of a reception, and then they had an entertainment uh, discussion, literary discussion of uh, of works by by Hemingway, but also Sinclair Lewis and and uh, the, uh, the the Harvard commencement speech of, by George Marshall, which laid out the Marshall Plan. And I also talk in the, in the book about this after party that was held in the, the private quarters for a, a select dozen people uh, in, in the second floor at the yellow oval room in which people like William Styron was there and Robert Frost and others. Just uh, an extraordinary time. And um, I, I guess I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask about the menu, wouldn't I? Because I know a lot of people are foodies in this day and age. So how, what was considered on that? Did you get a choice on the card or what What happened there? Well, no, uh, there was uh, the, the White House brought in a, uh, a, a rather notable French chef. Uh, at, at the outset, it was uh, someone was selected by by Jackie Kennedy, and uh, and he was a uh, he was a very particular uh, a chef, and they would sit down and devise what what the menu would be for each of these these uh, these big dinners. Interestingly, uh, when they were having discussions about the the dinner and the and the chef, the executive chef who was present, uh, the social secretary would constantly refer to the dinner as the brains dinner because these people were so intelligent and he misunderstood and thought that they were going to serve brains for dinner and he he protested said that brains was just not appropriate uh, but uh, as it turns out um, the the, uh, the main men the main uh, the main course was uh, beef wellington 
And uh, in the book, I, I actually have a reproduction of the, of the dinner menu. And uh, how many, I, I guess because you have, uh, you know, your White House photographer there and, and so on and so forth, how many photographs e- exist and, and what strikes you about some of them? Well, um, there uh, many photographs exist at the Kennedy Library in Boston, and that was very useful for me. I have about 30 photos in the book. Uh, Life magazine, which was certainly prominent at the time, had a, had, um, a number of, uh, of additional photographs as well. I think what uh, what's what struck what's, what strike people would be the, uh, the 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 sense of, of gaiety of the evening. Uh, these were these were extremely intelligent, accomplished people who really enjoyed themselves. And uh, uh, Linus Pauling. Um, even though he had been picketing the White House, uh, led this impromptu dancing, and there's some photographs of that as well, which is, is quite fascinating. And uh, what's your relationship like with uh, Rose Styron, uh, the widow of William Styron, and and she wrote uh, in your book the foreword, right? So what is what is their what is their place uh, with you and with the Kennedys? Well, uh, Rose. Rose Time was very gracious, and, and uh, we had a, a long interview in which she uh, um, discussed her uh, memories of, of the dinner. Uh, it was very helpful, uh, and, uh, uh, and and as you as you note, she wrote the forward, which I was I'm very grateful for. Uh, William Styron, who was the, who wrote um, Sophie's Choice and the Confessions of Matt, of Matt Turner and other other um, notable works. Uh, had not ever had never met uh, John Kennedy, and uh, he was. They formed a, a friendship uh, at that dinner in the after party, actually, um, at, uh, in in the in the residence. And uh, the relationship between the Kennedys and the Styrons, uh, not just John Kennedy, but Jackie Kennedy and Robert Kennedy and Ted Kennedy and and others, ha- has continued for more than fifty years, and it was a result of that dinner. Interesting. Uh, Joseph Esposito, native of Hazleton, who went on to uh, work in a couple of different administrations and uh, was uh, intrigued enough to write a book about what must have been an absolutely amazing dinner party. I would be so nervous at this. It would be uh, unbelievable for me. Uh, But the book is called Dinner in uh, Camelot. Uh, To your knowledge, has there been a social event quite this intriguing since then? No, not at all. Okay. Um, uh, there have been there have been some notable dinners, but uh, nothing of this of this stature. I mean, when you think about forty nine Nobel Prize winners, uh, the really the greatest intellects of the time being honored, and uh, I, I think it, what most people know about this dinner, if they have heard about it before is a, a quote that President Kennedy uh, gave as part of his remarks. He said, I think this is the most extraordinary collection of talent, of human knowledge that has ever been gathered together at the White House, with the possible exception of when Thomas Jefferson dined alone. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's some saying. If you, if you could, Joseph, say that you could have people over to your house for a, a dinner, and they could be from any part of history, have you thought about who you might have over? Well, 
Uh, I'm a historian, so that's a challenging question for me. Um, I would be, uh, I would certainly be interested in talking to Franklin Roosevelt and talking about uh, the, the great uh, challenges that, that he faced with the Great Depression and World War II. Um, and uh, surely some of the people who were at this dinner would be uh, those I'd be interested in talking to as well. Um, but uh, it's an interesting idea to come up with uh, uh, with which people you would uh, be most fascinated with uh, at, at a dinner party. Absolutely. And uh, thanks for doing the show today. It was an extra added bonus that you are one of us, and we appreciate you being with us. Well, thank you. I appreciate the invitation. All right. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone.